Hi, welcome to Forever Paranormal with Dr. Bill and Deb. The term paranormal refers to phenomena and experiences that are beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding and cannot be easily explained through traditional scientific principles. These phenomena often challenge conventional beliefs and are associated with the supernatural, metaphysical, or unexplained aspects of reality. As with any field of inquiry, it is essential to approach the paranormal with an open but critical mind, relying on empirical evidence and logical reasoning to draw conclusions. It's a topic that continues to intrigue and challenge both believers and skeptics alike, and if we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. You'll be surprised by what all can be connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Please just reach out. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome back. We hope everyone had a safe and pleasant holiday season. And this week, we are going to dive a little into what is called a glitch in the matrix. No, we're not talking about a black cat named Deja Vu. We are talking about what many believe to be a true phenomenon and maybe a possible explanation. And we will hear some different folks' experiences into this twisted paranormal universe we live in. Hi, Deb. Hi. Did you have a good break? I did. Did you? Yes, I did. Did you do anything enjoyable? Um, I did exactly what I wanted to do, which was nothing. Well, that's enjoyable then. <laughs> if you got rest and you enjoyed yourself, then that's definitely enjoyable. Congratulations and good for you. Yeah, you too. Well, Deb, anything new for us going on after our little break that we had? I ran across a story about a scientist in Russia who has been accused of murder because he was identified by an AI system as a 55% match to a sketch that had been drawn by a witness over two decades ago. All right, so let me just get this clear in my mind. Artificial intelligence identified him as a 55% match. That is correct. That doesn't According seem to very, the story. Yeah, that doesn't seem very strong to me. But anyhow, go on. Mm. He and an accomplice are accused of a series of murders in 2002. Add to that that the accomplice has come forward and confessed and then subsequently identified this scientist as well. But apparently the details of his testimony are being disputed by co-workers and family members that are... Uh, verifying that this scientist was not with this guy, didn't do the things he said he did, so on and so forth. Unfortunately, the investigators are not considering any of that, of course. They are choosing to stand by the software powered by AI intelligence. So, I have always been concerned about the iRobot-type scenarios that can happen if AI comes to full fruition and it seems that the time is here and coming to life. 
I predict we will begin to hear more and more stories like this, and hopefully we can find a way to protect ourselves. Yeah, that's really kind of scary, you know, and, and it's sci-fi, right? Yes. So we got the Terminator, we've got the, the uh, iRobot stuff, and I'd like to maybe find a follow-up to this, see if the guy gets convicted. But, you know, it kind of leads right into the story we're going to talk about today. So this is a great lead-in because this, this is going to play right along with what we're going to talk about. And that is a glitch in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is a glitch in the Matrix anyway? I'm sure most of our listeners have heard about the movies with Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus. And it's somewhat similar to that, but not exactly. And somewhat similar to Mandela Effect, but again, not exactly. The phrase did originate from the 1999 film The Matrix, but is now used to describe strange and inexplicable occurrences that seems to defy the laws of reality, leading some people to question whether they are living in a simulated reality or experience a brief malfunction in the fabric of existence or time and space. In popular culture and internet forums, people often use the term to describe odd coincidences, deja vu experiences, or other unusual events that seem out of place. This may be a newer term, but the concept can be seen as far back as the Greek philosophers Plato and Socrates. In Plato's The Republic, I'll admit it's not an easy read, but it does bring a lot of things from darkness to light. Some of you will get that phrase and some of you won't, but that's okay for those who don't. What is the Mandela Effect and... What do you mean by darkness to light? Well, I'll start with your last question first. Okay. The darkness to light thing is a Masonic reference. So I really can't explain that to you. I see. You see, okay. And the Mandela effect is what, it got termed that after Mandela got out of prison because everybody thought he died in prison, but he didn't, right? So most people remember that he died in prison, but now he, was, he didn't. So that started a whole thing of something, a whole group of people or a whole culture of people remember one way, but it really isn't that way. And a perfect example of this would be stovetop stuffing. You, for, for sure, remember this as Stouffer's stovetop stuffing, right? Yes. Yes. Stouffer's stovetop stuffing never existed just stovetop stuffing. So that's just one of the Mandela effects. And we're going to go into depth on that in another episode sometime in the future. So I don't want to give too much of it away because it, it really is something that's pretty wild. Now, here are some of the common types of things that are considered a glitch in the matrix. Objects vanishing and sometimes reappearing. Sometimes they are never seen again. And sometimes they reappear in the same location, which has been repeatedly searched and it wasn't there. Sometimes they reappear in broad daylight, in a position where they could have been easily seen. And sometimes they reappear in physically impossible locations, such as a locked room or inside a container. 
Hmm. People being seen by different witnesses at different locations at the same time or not being seen in places where they should be. People vanishing, often for considerable times, often with multiple searches, then reappearing and claiming that they have never left the spot. People seeing themselves somewhere, like a doppelganger type of deal. They can be changes in everyday familiar objects like the color of a front door, the length of a piece of cloth, the presence of mature trees in a place where trees have never existed, or time slips and time freezes, where people interact with different time periods, or where they observe that all movement and noises cease over a relatively short or larger area. These can be blamed on forgetfulness and, as we get older, the popular term dementia or Alzheimer's. What differentiates these explanations from the glitches? Typically, a glitch in the matrix, as they call it, is witnessed by more than just one person. Um, or you know, you're, you're sitting there and traffic just freezes for a split second in front of you. You're like, what in the world? These are what they're talking about. Yeah, people forget where they put their keys. But if you leave the remote control in the same spot every day, and all of a sudden the remote control's gone, you search for it for a week, can't find it, you order a new one, and the day the new one gets delivered, you go to set it down, and the old one's exactly where it's supposed to be again. So that would be what's considered a glitch in the matrix. No one found it and put it back. It just reappeared. Here are some great examples of what people have reported as experiencing a glitch in the matrix. Noctum says, It was the summer of 2011, and my younger sister and I were on our way to a family friend's house to pick up a wheelchair for my mother, who had recently become disabled due to an automobile wreck. Anyway, this friend, let's call her Jen, lived about an hour away in a very backwater area of South Carolina. My sister, 14 at the time, and left around 6 p.m. in my shabby old car. We drove down the long stretches of Southern Highway until we reached the lakeside subdivision where Jen lived. We turned into the subdivision and wound our way down toward the bottom along sloping, overgrown lakeside roads. The road was bordered on all sides by mobile homes perched precariously on small lakeside properties, so many that it was always hard to tell where one ended and the next one began. It's important to note that my sister and I had been to this location more than five times in the past two years for various holidays with Jen's family and our own. So we knew the area well. We got to the bottom of the first hill where Jen's double wide trailers should have been. And instead, we saw a vacant space being mowed by an overweight man who we didn't recognize. His sweaty face was grinning at us in an unsettling way. The subdivision was arranged in a large circle and we knew that if we turned right, we could loop all the way around and come back to where we started. 
it would take about 10 minutes to get all the way around the subdivision to the entrance again. We were convinced that somehow we had driven past Jen's house and thought it would be the best idea to look for the house again. So we started to turn right and continued up the circle. But this is where things got weird. Instead of staying relatively flat like it normally was, the road started to climb in a steep, sloping way. My sister remarked at how odd it was. I kept driving. The slope became more and more extreme. We would reach the top of the hills that were scary high, and then we would slope back down into deep gullies. It had been about 20 minutes of solid driving since we entered the subdivision, and we could not spot houses to the left or the right of the road, only thick forest on each side. My sister said she was scared, and I was too, though I didn't want to admit it. I was the older sister, and I knew that if I showed any fear, she would become very frightened. So I tried to play it cool. I did, until, at one point, we got to the top of a hill that was so high, I had to use all my strength to hold the brakes as we went down to the other side of the slope. It had now been 30 minutes since we entered the subdivision. Seeing no other cars on the road, I put our car in park and stopped for a minute. We rolled down the windows of the car since the summertime heat was becoming so extreme. We felt like we could not breathe, even with the AC on. At that point, in the stillness, we realized we could not hear birdsong. There was not a breath of wind in the air, and a feeling of dread passed over the two of us. The only sound was the sound of the two of us breathing and the quiet humming of the car engine. I tried calling Jen to see if we had taken a wrong turn, but neither one of us had any mobile phone signal. We decided immediately we had to turn around. Something felt so incredibly wrong. It felt almost like our very lives were in danger. I made a U-turn and we headed back in the opposite direction. We went up the large slope and instead of experiencing the roller coaster like hills and slopes on our way back, it was a straight road. Within five minutes, we could see houses again. Families played out in the yards. And then within seven minutes, we came back to the start of the subdivision. And sure enough, there was Jen's house. I felt the blood drain out of my face. We quickly went inside, picked up the wheelchair for my mother, and left immediately. That sounds pretty wild, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our next one starts out. Two years ago, something bizarre happened to my best friend and me, and we've been puzzled ever since. Looking for any kind of explanation or similar experiences as we talk about this often and still come up blank. My best friend and I went to the mountains to hike and run with two of our other close friends. It was winter and the weather was very bad with lots of ice and snow. The trailhead parking lot had been closed due to road work, so we had to park a couple of miles away down a long, empty road. There was no one in the park but us that day. 
We regularly have outdoor adventures in this same group, but my best friend and I are usually separate from the other two, as we are a bit more fit and can move faster. We usually finish early and wait in the car for the other two to get back. This particular day, we did finish quite early. My friend and I were jogging back to the car, and on the jog back, we spotted an old cemetery just off the road. I abruptly veered off laughing and pulled my friend with me to go see it and explore for a minute before going back to the car, which was in sight just down the road. After this, we continued jogging to the car. Once we got to the car, we began waiting for our two friends to finish their hike. About 30 minutes passed, and we still didn't see them. Our car was parked in the opposite direction they would be coming from, so we turned around to look for them constantly and make sure we didn't miss them. It was in that very moment that my best friend and I saw two people in the distance, running straight towards us. I said, oh, there they are. My friend commented that, well, they're moving quick. But as they got closer, we realized that it was not our two female friends, like we had thought. But it was a male and a female, dressed exactly like my best friend, Mel, and I, the female. And the female had long blonde hair, just like me. And the pair were wearing hats, just like ours. Wait, that's not them, I said. We got really confused, but then we both got quiet and started to freak out a little as the running pair abruptly turned towards the cemetery with the girl pulling the guy with her and laughing, just like we had done. Then, the people we were seeing were instantly gone. My best friend and I immediately looked at each other and both said, That was us! We both just somehow knew it, and we were both freaked out by it. We were really shaken up. Our last story starts at 6 p.m. Something really weird happened. I ordered food at a local restaurant that I know was open, and the phone goes to a voicemail with no message. Okay, fine, it's Christmas. I choose another restaurant the next town over. I visit their website, click on the link, to make the call, place the order, and head out to pick it up. It's only two exits away on the highway. I drive past the first restaurant and see it's closed. All the lights are off. Okay, so I get on the highway and see the exit 6. I need the one at exit 7. There are no cars on the highway with me. I see lights way up ahead, but no surrounding vehicles. A song I love comes on the radio that I almost never hear played, and it glitches out and the music stops. I look down to check it, and it comes back on, but it's a different song. Even though the radio says the first song is still playing, alright, not a big deal, but in looking, I see on the car clock that 20 minutes has passed, and I have only been on the highway for what should have been about 5 minutes. I double-check the time on my phone, yeah, 20 minutes has passed. I see the next exit coming up, and it's exit 3. Somehow, I'm on the wrong side of the highway, much farther down. I think I must have gotten on the wrong ramp, which I never take because it leads to rural areas, which I never go. 
and must have misremembered seeing exit 6. I get off on this unfamiliar exit to try to turn around, but can't find the other side of the highway. I grab my phone and turn my GPS on, but the home buttons on my phone are jumbled. I pull over, power cycle the phone, get the GPS working, and it sends me in actual circles. About 10 minutes later, I find the highway, and I am back on the right direction. There are cars everywhere. I reach the restaurant. They don't have my order and say I never called them. At this point, I'm almost completely out of gas when I'd had enough to make a round trip at the start of my journey. So I pull into the gas station next door and fill up. I get back in my car and reverse search the phone number. I looked and it's to a restaurant I never heard of. I go back to the website. I visited to place the order. The numbers don't match. I look up the address of the other restaurant, head there, pick up my order, and start home. On the way back, I pass the first restaurant again. But this time, it's open with the line out the door. I pull into the parking lot to get a sanity check. I call their number. They have been open all night with no phone issues. And then when I get home, my partner asks, where in the heck have you been? I really wish I had asked him to come with me because I have no explanation at all, zero explanation for what had happened and where the time went. Those are all pretty interesting stories with time slips, being in different places, not knowing your areas, seeming like you step back in time. But, you know, Deb, I've heard many stories related to this pop culture phrase, but I have to say, I really didn't give it a lot of thought until I got about halfway through the book you got me, written by the co-founder of String Theory, Dr. Michio Kaku, called Parallel Worlds. Well, Deb, I do admit, that was a great gift and a great book, so thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. But the book doesn't simply talk about String Theory, M-Theory, and the Big Bang, but in it, he also takes you through a mind-boggling trip about black holes, time machines, multi-dimensional space, and the scientific possibility of multiple universes. So much of the different factors of the paranormal and UFOs can fit within this scientific realm that it warps your mind, and I know Now, I'm now looking at some things from a completely different angle and perspective to see what sticks. You know, things like ghosts or spirits. Are we really seeing someone from the past or are we seeing a slip in the universe? What about black holes? What about precog? Are we seeing into the future? What about the Mandela effect? Has someone went back in a time machine and changed things? So... There's all these things to consider that it, it just warps your mind. And over time, the term has transcended its original cinematic context and has been adopted to describe any explicable, inexplicable, or bizarre events that seems to defy normal explanation or understanding in our everyday lives. I think we just witnessed a glitch in the Matrix. 
it has become a way for people to express the sense of experiencing something so odd or improbable that it feels like a temporary disruption in the fabric of reality itself. While it's often called humorously or used as a metaphor, it's important to note that it doesn't imply an actual belief in living in a simulated reality outside of the context of science fiction and philosophical discussions. But science it really is working hard to prove multiple universes so these can explain so many things about our so-called reality we don't currently understand. And that's what string theory and M-theory is all about. Well, Deb, I'd really like to know what you think about all this. I know about the iRobot stuff and where you are on that, but, but what do you think about this? Honestly, you threw me through a, a loop with the stovetop stuffing because I could swear it said stovers for all my life. Anyway, I cannot think of a reasonable explanation for the experiences that you repeated, um, especially when there were two people having the same experience. That baffles me. And frankly, I'm looking forward to hearing about the progress scientists make on this subject in the future and hopefully can explain in uh, layman's terms why we all get these occasional glitches. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. And it is going to be interesting because I think it's going to explain a, how, a whole lot more than just that. And I don't know. What about you folks? We'd love to hear what you had to say on the subject. So with this, we're going to go ahead and close this one out. So until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com. And if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode.